Hey guys. All right. Hello. Hey guys. How Hello you Vineyard. Good. That's uh Hi everybody. That's Mike Edwards there between uh between Doug and I and Mike is joining us from Estes Park, Colorado. Um, and we're very happy to have him. In case you didn't know, we tried to have Mike on uh, recently, and uh, the, the te technology let us down, but uh, we've got it all fixed, and we got a good connection. And Mike Edwards is um, a good friend of the Vineyards, and um, uh, he, he's uh, spent quite a bit of time with us. He's an author. Uh, he's an apologist. Um, you know, and apologists aren't people that apologize for things. They're defenders of the faith, and, and so... Uh, I've asked him to do uh, uh, spend a little time with us today, and uh, he he's written a book that we've given out. We've probably given out thousands of copies of Mike's book called um, Gravity, True for You But Not for Me, and um, so you might have gotten that book from us. If you haven't, uh, you can get that uh, on Amazon for free. You can, uh, you can download that book, and uh, it's an excellent book. It's an excellent read, uh, like I said, so we've given away thousands of copies of that book. And also, um, his uh, website is GodEvidenceTruth.com, great source of information. And um, he also writes a lot of articles on FaithWriters.com. So um, if you, uh, at the end of this thing, if you want to check out and get some more information from Mike, that's where you would find it. But we're happy to have him with us, and uh, I'm gonna gonna fire off some questions to him in just a minute and let him sort of tell us about some of the things he's doing. But um, Nice to have you with us on the light side. Mike, what's the weather like right now in Colorado? You know, it's uh, I'm at about 7,500-foot elevation, and it's been really nice. been a little hot today, probably in the low 80s, but normally in the 70s and down to about 40 at night. Um, so it's been gorgeous. I'm, you know, in the mountain. It's beautiful around here. Estes Park, Colorado. Oh, gorgeous place. Yeah, we were in Colorado uh, last year. Was it last year, Doug, that we were all out there for that conference? Yeah, we were uh, Denver, Arvada for the uh, national conference there for Vineyard USA. It was it was a really nice area. Yeah, we got to enjoy the mountains, and we drove up into the mountains, and uh, it was I had fun. Alice and I were exploring up in the mountains, and we were listening to John Denver music. So <laughs> it was it was like perfect. I think I think I think Doug would fit good in the mountains. Actually, he really would. He'd be a mountain guy. Lumberjack, <laughs> yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could grow, grow his beard out, you know, and put on a flannel yeah. shirt and go yeah, up man. the woods and stuff. Man, there's a lot of people he could preach to here too. You know, <laughs> Kim would love that. See, see all those long beard. beards. She either wants a mountain yeah. cabin or a Victorian house. So I'd rather have a a cabin in the mountains. Like log cabin, yeah, in the woods, yeah, yeah. There's some nice places up here, yeah. It's cool. And I'll tell you, the rivers are flowing. I'm right on a river here, the Big Thompson River, and they're flowing because of all the snow melt. Man, they're heavy. It's good. Yeah. I'm right next to Rocky National Mountain Park, too, which is a gorgeous area. Yeah. So When I was, uh, when I was a young man, back when I was 19, I lived in Colorado for a while. And, uh, oh, did you? And, uh, yeah, outside of Boulder, a little town called Longmont. Um, so you know, okay, that's yeah, yeah. 40, 40 years ago, and uh, I'm not far, I, uh, not far from yeah, yeah. I loved it. It was beautiful. I uh, I stayed for a while, but uh, then I that that was where I was right before I came to the Keys, and then I moved here and I never left. So uh, I got to enjoy it for a little while. It was beautiful, but I'm here. That's uh, now I'm planted. So unless God sends me somewhere else, I imagine this is where I'll stay. But uh, mm -hmm. good, we got folks that'll pop online and stuff. Fran saying hi to Mike, um, and like I said, big Mike friend. is a good friend, big friend of the vineyard yeah. of ours. So, so Mike, you travel around right now. You you have an opportunities to travel, and you I know that you do a lot of writing and stuff while you're traveling. But you, um, you you one of your favorite things is engaging people in conversation and talking to them about Jesus. And you, you're uh, you, as an apologist, you're you're good at that, and you're you're very upfront with that, and. Um, and so I thought I'd start by asking you, you know, so so how do you engage people in conversation um, just kind of as you travel and as you meet people? Well, you know, I, I when I'm going, I just do it as a, um, I don't go out on a special trip ever to talk to somebody. I just do it through my daily life. And actually, I'm, I'm looking more, <clears throat> I'm not a real big sightseer. I mean, I see a lot of beautiful things, uh, but I'm really looking more for people to talk to. And uh, that can be 
in this campground I'm in, or a lot of times it's on the trail um, up in the middle of the woods. Uh, you know, I'll meet somebody on the trail, and a conversation will start up in the natural. I talked to somebody today, to, to a couple people today, up on a trail I was hiking on this morning. And um, I uh, just start something in the natural, just a little brief conversation in the natural. Then, I'm, then after that, I'm very direct. And through the years, God is, uh, before I wrote that book, Gravity, back in 2011, 12, um, I had already been talking to people for a long time. And God's used a lot of different questions um, through this time, through the years that I've asked people different questions. And the one that he gave me, in about a year ago now, I've been asking, and I like I like it the best. Um, it's very direct, and you'd be amazed at the answers you get. But what I do is I start talking to people in the natural. We'll get a little conversation. It only has to be a few minutes. And then I'll say to them, I'll say, hey, I got a question for you. And I say that to get them to look right at me. Then I say to them, how long have you been trusting Jesus as your Savior? That's my question. And you'd be amazed. Number one, you'd be amazed at the number of people that are. And what I'm going to say to you is when they say to me, the waitress at Denny says to me, for as long as I can remember, or since I was a little girl, or the guy in Myrtle Beach that's in his 20s that's looking for shark's teeth, real good-looking kid. And I said to him, I said, how long have you been trusted? After I talked to him for a second, I said it to him, and he said to me, you got to be kidding I don't know what he's going to say, but what he said next was three and a half weeks. <laughs> and so I got all kinds of answers, right? And he, now, in that situation, that kid was in his 20s. I really believe he needs to know what's in that book. Um, and we had a great talk. Um, I mean, I can tell you all kinds of really neat incidences and talking, amazing things for God was involved. Um but I just, you know, it's a very direct question. And why I like it is this, is number one, um, these people are confessing Christ to a complete stranger. When I ask them that, they're saying, you know, and, and you would be amazed how many people will say, yes, I am. Um, in that way, or they'll say, they'll give me an answer. They'll say, well, I've been trusting him for this long, as long as I can remember. Or I remember one guy 10 years, and the person with him didn't say anything. Uh, this was in San Diego, and and... She didn't say a word, and he said 10 years. And I, I talked to him for a little bit. I gave him a book. You know what? That opened up a conversation for them. But if, if it's a believer, uh, I like to skim. If it is a believer, I fan their faith. I don't care how small it is. I encourage them, and I fan their faith, and I tell them how much they're loved. And, and you know, a lot of people, I had a lady just the other day up uh, around Telluride, up in the mountains, hiking about 9,500 feet. I ran into these two ladies, and they had a baby. One had a baby on the back, on her back, uh, on this trail in the Aspen trees, a gorgeous trail. And I ran into them on the trail, and she was from Tennessee. And she said, after we talked, she said, you know, I've been really struggling with my faith. She said, with all this stuff going on. She said, I'm definitely going to read this book. I need I need this book. Um, you know, and so it's a, I, I tell you what's amazing. And people say, wow, that's really a bold question, and that's really in your face. I, I'm amazed at how well it goes. I, I, you know, I really am. And then if they don't believe, you know, I try and engage them if they will engage. Um, but I, I had a guy um, in Cortez, Colorado. I'm getting ready to leave, and I come out of this the bathroom at, at this campground, and there's a guy washing his camp dishes. And I say hi, and I walk by. Well, God tells me to turn around and go back and talk to him. So I go back and talk to him, and this guy. We're standing there for a few minutes. He's from Sedona, Arizona. He's a new age believer. And he says to me, my back is hurting. Can we sit down at the table and talk? So he invites me to sit at the picnic table and talk to him. <laughs> so what I'm saying to you is there's people that will listen, people that you can talk to. And, and this person proceeded to tell me that his father was a strong, born-again believer and had been talking to him for quite a while. And so we had a 45-minute talk. I wanted to leave because I was leaving that day. God wanted me to stay and talk to this guy. And it was an amazing talk. And he promised he would read the book. He, I, we, he asked a lot of questions. We went back and forth. And, and what I'm just saying is, is um, you know, if we can get past our fear, people do need to hear. 
Um, and they do need to be encouraged. I, I really like that question again because I get to encourage so many people that do believe. Um, and, you know, if they reject me and they give me, and I get that now and then, but it's not as much as you would think. Uh, I just figured that's not the person I'm looking for. I'm not looking for them. I'm looking for the person, you know, that needs to hear. And, I mean, I let me just tell you one other thing that I do quite – I've done a lot. I'll be in – I was at a – last one I can think of was in a parking lot. And I, I see a guy sitting in a pickup truck, and he's, you can see he's kind of like sitting there by himself, and he's kind of got his head hanging, something's not quite right. And I, and I go into McDonald's, get my, my lunch, and I come back out, and um, I grab a copy of the book, and I go up to, to his door to the side of his truck. And I've done this a lot, guys sitting in trucks, pickup trucks. I don't know why, but I go up and I'll say, hey, I, and, and this guy just said, hey, I got a question for you. And he looks at me, and I said, how long have you been trusting Jesus as your Savior? Right out the door, right out the gate. The guy completely opened up to me. And said, so, well, I used to, but I, I, I've been really struggling. And uh, I found out he was waiting to pick up his daughter because he was divorced. And, and his wife was bringing his daughter uh, to that McDonald's is where they were meeting. Um, you know, so I, I, it opens up a world of opportunities um, to share with people. And then what, you know, what else I do is when I give a book to a believer like that, I say, look, read it. And then when you're done with it, I said, please give it to somebody who doesn't believe, is struggling in the faith, you know, or doubts. Just, you know, give it to somebody. And I really implore them to do that. And I tell them that it's free on the Amazon as an e-book, too, if somebody else wants to read it. Um, Just to get them to, you know, they become now an evangelist. Or they become, you know, a disciple for Christ. You know, I mean, they, they, you know, it gets them out of their shell. But I, I said, you can't even do that. I said, just leave the book somewhere. Somebody will find it. God will use it. And, um, yeah. you know, so it's worked. I mean, I, I love doing it, actually. I love talking to people like that. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that you said that's real important, too, as you were talking, is how, how the Lord will direct you to somebody. You know, and it's a, there's a sensitivity of the spirit that happens, you know, along the way, too. Not, and you can, I mean, certainly you can go and make conversation just because you, you, you want to. But, you know, when you walk by somebody and you know that God, you know, you want to go do something else, but you, you know that God wants you to go and talk to them. And, and yielding to that, you know, and going following through that often produces, a, you know, some of the most amazing results in uh, not only just opportunities to share. Obviously, your gift is in, in what you're doing. But uh, even I find even sometimes he'll have me do that if it's just praying for somebody or, you know, knowing that there's something that needs to happen and the Lord will send you. It's just a willingness to respond is so important. And so, um, you know, I, I know that's why he blesses your journeys like that. So I have some questions. Cause, so apologetics, fascinating. It's, a, it's defending the faith. And uh, so it's not apologizing for the faith. Sometimes the wording is funny for people, but... Um, there, there are some things that people say quite often in objecting to Christianity that don't really make sense. Yeah. I gotta shut my windows. Hold on. <laughs> okay. No problem. I gotta, there's a big, there's a big storm coming. Oh boy. Uh-oh. You okay? You all right now? It, it's probably the one that was here a few hours ago, right? I, I probably yeah, we had a big story here too. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. It's travel. Okay. So, his, so, so often when you when you're having these kind of conversation with people, uh, um, and they'll say things that that they believe that are so off base, and there's there's ways to sort of bring them around. And one of the things is is that you know the apolog- it's part of apologetics is the the law of non contradiction. And uh, it's a very handy little tool, and I thought maybe you could explain what that is for, for the folks that are watching. Well, first off, what I want to say is that, you know, I, I, I shared my faith with people a long time before I wrote this book. I didn't need – there's ways to do it. Uh, I used to use the good person test a lot without doing – without even having any evidence. And, and I want to say this because people don't normally challenge you with this stuff that, that often. Um, but the law of non-contradiction um, – if I were to say to you, like I said a second ago, I can't speak a word of English, you would think something's wrong with that statement, right? There's something wrong with that. Um, and because truth never contradicts itself. You know, we know that. We know, we know what Doug's name is. And any other name is a contradiction and thereby false. Okay, so uh, truth never contradicts itself. And so what we can do is we can look at 
um, the different beliefs. When you take an atheist and you, who says there is no God, and you take a Christian who says there is, or anybody who believes in God, for that example, and and they both can't be true at the same time in the same sense. God cannot exist and exist at the same time in the same sense. Uh, so we know that one, uh, they can't both be true. Now, what I do tell people, because um, I'm real honest with people, I, I say things like I'll say, you know, if atheism is true, I'm wrong. You know, what I believe is wrong. This is what I'm talking to people, okay? If atheism is true, then I'm wrong, because my faith does not make the Bible true. Uh, we put our faith in the Bible because the evidence suggests and tells us it is true. Um, and I would argue that the evidence for God's existence is God must exist by necessity. Okay, so I always tell people that, too. 100% of the observable scientific evidence is in our favor. Um, but, you know, when, when people might say to me, they don't ask me about the law of non-contradiction or something like What they might say to me is there is no such thing as truth or you can't know truth. And to those, the answer to both of those would be, how do you know that's true? Because what they're doing is they're making the truth claim that there is no such thing as truth. So if there's no such thing as truth, the truth claim can't be true. Uh, you cannot deny truth without affirming it. Okay? You cannot deny truth without affirming it. And when you look at uh, the title of my book, Gravity, True for You but Not for Me, that is a contradiction. That's a self, another term for it would be a self-defeating statement, like I can't speak a word of English. Um, but gravity true for you but not for me is, is, is a self-defeating statement. Um, because if, if gravity, if that's true for everybody, then uh, true for you but not for me can't be true. There, the book explains it in, in a much easier way, and it actually took me a little while to wrap my mind around that one, why that contradicts itself. But when somebody says to you, that Christianity is true for you, uh, but so-and-so is true for me. Um, and, and people confuse belief with truth all the time. You can believe whatever you want, but everything can't be true. Right. Yeah, and there is a truth. Truth does exist. Right. Well, you know, if you were dying of a uh, deadly disease, say you had diabetes, would you want me to give you sugar or would you want me to give you a insulin? You know, I mean, what would be the truth? If you were arrested for a murder uh, that you didn't commit, would you want the truth to come out? Uh, truth uh, corresponds to reality uh, and cor uh, it corresponds to the object referred to. Um, you know, and, 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 yeah, truth definitely, truth exists. I mean, we know, and we know that, you know, use examples like, uh, like Washington, D.C. is the capital of the United States. Um, any other city, uh, that's the truth. Uh, any other city, no matter how close geographically, is false and a contradiction. Okay, so truth and truth never contradicts itself like we were talking about. Yeah. No, it's good because those are, you know, people's, uh, you said something in there too. A lot of times people will say that um, our, our, uh, it's all our, our faith, and yet the reality is that the ev there's actually evidence that, God exists, that there is truth, that the Bible's true, that, you know, the evidence overwhelmingly points in those things, and yet um, oftentimes people will, will think there's no evidence for any of those things, and they start saying, well, you know, science, and, and that science is always in our favor, too, ultimately. You know, it, it works its way to the truth. It has to. Well, one of the questions I used to ask people for a long time before I even wrote this book was, I, again, I would ask, I said, I've got a question for you, and I would say, is truth important to you? And um, I'd say, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, what is it? Is it and how important is it? You know, I'd get a 9 or a 10, and I'd say, okay, so what's the best way to find truth? And I would ask him, I would say, is, is uh, I'm going to give you three examples, and you tell me the best way. The first way is feelings. It feels right, so I believe it's true. Number two, family or friends believe it's true, so I believe it's true. And number three, evidence, consistency, best fit to the evidence. Now, out of those three ways to find truth, which one would you pick is the best way to find truth? 98% of the people would say evidence, consistency, best fit to the evidence. And then I would say to them, okay, i got a question, another question for you. Do you believe in God? And no matter what they would say, I would say, if they said yes or no, 
I would say, did you follow the evidence? And you know what they would say to me? No, they would say it was either based on feelings or based on what somebody else believes. And so it really put them in a box is what it did. Um, and um, they were like, huh. And I'd say, well, you told me truth was important a minute ago and that evidence was the best way to find it. So why are you making this important decision based on feelings or based on what just what other people believe? They could be wrong. You know, so that was a question I asked for a long time, actually. I had a lot of fun with that question. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned something else that I, I think I, I, I'd like because I've, I've heard you talk about it. I think it's a really good thing. So you call it the good person test because it's more relational than fact-based. You know, you don't have to have a lot of this information when you go with it. So what, what's the good person test? Well, you know, again, one thing, the question I ask right now, see, the law, the Bible's real clear, the law is made for the unbeliever. It, it's, it's made uh, to show us our need for Christ, and it, it, Paul said, it, I did not know sin but by the law. So I think one of the mistakes I was making for years, actually, with the good person test is that I was using it generically for everybody. Uh, with my question now, I find out if they're a believer or not. If they're a believer, I just fan the faith. I do not use the good person test on them. Uh, Jesus always used the law for the proud and grace for the humble. And so if a person is a believer, I want to encourage their faith because they are not under the law, as you know, Pastor Steve. Uh, that doesn't mean we sin. doesn't mean we're supposed to sin. Um, uh, we're actually under the spirit of the law, which is love. And that if you love one another, you're not going to lie and steal and cheat. Um, but the good person test, now if somebody says to me they're not a believer, and I gave one to the guy from Sedona the other day. I told you we sat down for 45 minutes at the picnic table, and he was a new age guy, and he went around and around with me a little bit. So I said, hey, I got a question for you. And the good, the good thing about the good person test is it gets away from the uh, place of argument, the mind. It goes to the conscience. And so, and, and I've had people tremble in front of me. I've had people cry in front of me. I've had people, I mean, I've had some amazing, amazing things giving the good person test over the years. But I would say, so can I, and people will take it, It's you know, or, or people will start boasting. You can hear in what they're saying that they're a good person. Or, or and, and I'll say, well, can I give you the good person test? And, and, and most people will say, sure. And, and, and I say, so I, how many lies have you told in your life? And, you know, usually the answer is innumerable. And then I'll say, have you ever stolen anything in your life? And they'll say, um, when I was a kid, it's almost always when I was a little kid. I stole a piece of candy. Or <laughs> but we all like hold that. on to that little bit of guilt stealing candy <laughs> at the store, right? <laughs> what I say now is, have you ever downloaded anything illegally online or not paid your taxes? And usually I get a yes from that, and, and they, oh, yeah, I did that. And I said, well, that's stealing, isn't it? It's yes. Yeah, so what do, you, what do you call somebody who steals something, you know, and, and, or uh, a thief, you know? And then I say, have you ever... Um, have you ever, uh, whoops, have you ever looked at a woman with lust? And Jesus, and I point out that Jesus said that was adultery. Uh, and then I said, have you ever hated or strongly disliked anybody? And they'll usually say yes. And I'll say, uh, Jesus pointed out that was murder in God's eyes. So, you know, Bob, by your own admission, um, by your own admission, um, uh, you, you're a liar, a thief, an adulterer, and a blasphemer of heart. And they say, <laughs> Now, I get people that laugh sometimes, like Steve did just there, okay? <laughs> I give you a laugh with that, but, 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 I, but you know what? I, I've only had like five people in my whole life get mad at me. I've had a few people get really mad at me when I did this, but anger is better than apathy. Uh, but, but what happens is um, it convicts them, their conscience. And then I say, so if, 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 you know, would you be guilty or innocent if you stood before God? And most will admit guilty, some will dance around, and then I, I talk to them about that. And then um, and then if they, I mean, I've had atheists that at the beginning said, I don't believe in God. And I'll say, well, let's just suppose there's a God, and I'll take them through that test, and then they'll admit they're guilty, and then I'll say to them, would you go to heaven or hell after they admit they're guilty? And usually people will say hell right away. Some will dance around a little bit. Uh, but um, then I say they say hell, and then I say, does that concern you? And I've had atheists at that point in time, about two minutes ago, said they don't believe in God, and say yes. 
Okay, and then I say, well, do you know what God did so you don't have to go to hell? Uh, and that's when you present the gospel. Um, but the law breaks up the hard heart is what it does. It breaks the hard heart. Uh, but again, I don't give that to believers. Um, you know, we're under grace. We're saved by faith through grace. We're not under the law, uh, you know. And um, so I don't use it as much as I used to because I run into a combination of a lot of people, I, you know, believers that are struggling, a lot of that, and uh, and, I, and then non-believers, you know. So, um, But it's very powerful. I used to do it a lot in chairlifts. I actually used to snowboard a lot. And uh, you get somebody on a chairlift, you know, for like uh, five stuck. minutes. Uh, what are they going to do? They're, they're not going to go nowhere, right? Uh, you know, so uh, I'll tell you. I used to go do a ministry with a guy a lot, and we'd go to jails and everything. And um, he was famous for if you ever got in an elevator, if anybody else ever walked on an elevator with us, I, he, I, he would go right at it. You know what I mean? And I used to. It's not my. That's not my approach. So I, we worked for him, <laughs> but you know, and he, I would like, uh oh, here we go. And he would just. And he was. He got used to him and those things, but it's a very direct. You know, kind of well in the situation, but you know. The uh, before we uh, we came on live, we were we were chatting a little bit be, before we got going, and I one of the things that um, we've been talking about is you know the craziness in the world right now and and all the things that are going on, and and um, the, the the reality is you know that it's the enemy uh, is is at work in so many ways right now, and and that the way that we make a difference in the world is by introducing people to light. You know, light overcomes darkness. And, um, you know, the, these are such dark times, you know, the, the disease and, and uh, you know, the, the horrible racism and all of those things that are going on. It's, it's all the enemy at work. And, you know, our hearts have to be, you know, pressing into the Lord, asking for opportunities to be light, um, making sure that we, we don't put, you know, flesh to it, but, but that we remember where the battle lies and that we love well. You know, you said yourselves as believers, you know, that's, that's, that's the, the spirit of the law is to love well. We're, we're to love folks all in, you know, the way we love God. Uh, and um, we want to we wanna make sure that we're, we're focusing in on that. And so, you know, I want to encourage all of you to, to continue to pray during these times, but pray that, that God would give you opportunities to, to love people well and in loving people well, sharing your faith in in ways that are helpful and loving and encouraging and like Mike said if you uh, I, I like the fact that he's trying to find out you know what their how their walk is where they're at so that he can encourage that if they're uh, if they need to be encouraged and then if they don't know Jesus he can he can move in that direction and then you know I I think um, you know a lot of these things are us loving well loving our neighbors well looking for opportunities to share with them and and ultimately. Tell them about Jesus, because that's the only hope that we have. You know, Jesus has always been our hope, and he's, he's the only hope that we have, and we need him so desperately. Uh, we need more Jesus, more light in the darkness. Um, you know, that's been uh, what I've been talking about lately, and in, in, uh, uh, I've been camping out in Romans 8 over the last few weeks as I've been uh, in my sermons and everything, and I'm going to go back there some more, just how the, the picture is that light overcomes darkness, and so we have to just keep focused and Moving towards the light and and inviting you know people to come and know Jesus. Well, you know what I what I was going to say too is like uh, as people know they can get this book at the at the church, and I've got yes. more copies if you want to get more. But I mean, you can leave these, you can give them to people. Um, if you can't speak, you can I can leave them in laundry rooms, leave them in the doctor's office, leave them in a campground library. Um, I do all those things, too, as I'm going along. I, you know, I, I just leave in places. Um, but um, people really need to be encouraged right now. Like I said, I, I ran into a lot of people that are struggling in their faith. Uh, I, I don't believe that uh, most Christians know what's in this book. They don't know apologetics. They don't know the evidence. They think faith makes the Bible true, uh, and that's not the case. Uh, the object of our faith is much more important than our faith. And even the Bible says, Paul said, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, my preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. So what he's saying right there, he's saying that if it's not true, you're wasting your time. Right. You know, and the Bible's filled with evidence. Jesus gave us all kinds of evidence. 
and then science is, I, I tell you, 100% on our side. Everything observable is on our side. And, um, you know, I just encourage people to, uh, to learn the evidence themselves. Uh, it'll help their faith. Um, and then to be able to defend the faith, 1 Peter 3.15, um, you know, to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. Um, you know, people need to hear. They really do. And, and they will listen, especially right now. They will listen. Uh, and if, if they reject you, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the gospel. And the thing is, is that they're not the person you're supposed to talk to. Go to the next one, and you'll find somebody that does that you're supposed to talk to. Just ignore that person. You know, get, and you know what? You know what it says in the Bible, right? It says when you're rejected or persecuted for the faith, your reward is great. So, I mean, you're building treasure in heaven while you're getting rejected, so don't worry. <laughs> right. Right. But, you know, it's very encouraging, too, what you say is that, by and large, most people will talk to you. You know, especially when you're being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That, that um, I think people think they're getting set up for rejection after rejection, but I just... I don't think that's the case. I think it happens, but we can't be afraid of it. We, but that more often than not, there there are amazing conversations to be had. Oh, there's amazing ones. I'm just telling you. I, I can tell you story after story of talking to people and then things that happen. You know, I mean, just in connection with that converse with that conversation, something happened later in that day. Just amazing stuff. Just really cool stuff. So yeah. God is, you know. Is and he, he'll use you if you'll you'll speak. He wants us to, you know, he does want us to tell. You. Not everybody's going to do this. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you don't have to be an expert and uh, learn the good person test. I did that for years without ever knowing anything about the evidence. But then when I learned the evidence, you know, actually what I feel like, um, there's a game, there's a what's that? There's a video game. Doug probably knows it. Uh, where they. Uh, it's a war game where they fight, and you can be in different places. This is a real popular one. Call of Duty, Call of Duty. Okay. And I, I, say, I think you start with, like, a real simple weapon when you get in that game, okay? And then you build up. As you get better, you get better weapons or something like that. I've never played it. Uh, but I know some video games are like that. And so when I go out to talk to people, because, and you can be this way, too. Learn a good person test. Learn what's in this book. And then you can go out, and you can feel well-equipped to talk to people. And you can defend the faith. And then you can answer questions reasonably, um, and and you can encourage people, and you can help people, and you can do a lot. And and um, they're out there. You know, Jesus said the what the the the, the harvest is ripe, but the workers are right. few. It's really ripe right now. It really is. There's people looking, seeking, crying out, hurting, struggling. You know, and uh, you know we can we can share life with them, right? We've been, we're supposed to minister. You know what it says in Second Corinthians, I think it's three six. Uh, we're supposed to minister life. Uh, and the word minister means serve. It means serve up. So we serve up life, not death. Um, we're serving up life. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah, and you know, to me too, it's, uh, it's some people feel a lot of pressure. You know, we 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 um, we just need to be planting seeds. You know, sometimes. I mean, I've had the, the, the amazing pleasure of having conversations with people and then having them receive Christ. I mean, I've, I've had that happen lots of times. That's been one of those neat things in my life. But it doesn't always happen, but it doesn't mean it wasn't a valid. Sometimes it was a seed that got planted, you know, and, and then I've had people come and tell me later on, well, what you did was significant for me and that, you know, the next person that came along, all of a sudden it clicked and they gave their heart to Jesus or, you know, those things happen along the way and, and uh, so, so you never know what thing you say, what act of kindness, what it is that's going to make a difference in someone's life. But, but um, you know, we need to be doing those things. And so, you know, the, the, I don't think the, the goal is not always to have someone cross the line, you know, and accept Jesus. It's okay if they, at least you get them thinking. Right, right. Well, you know, in my whole, I'm 61 in my whole life. I've only been witnessed to two, by two people in my entire life. It's after I read the book Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale, and I was really thinking about God. That book is really heavily filled with scripture. You've read it, I'm sure, Steve. Um, and uh, that was years ago. And uh, out of the blue, on a Sunday at my office in Arizona, in Phoenix, Arizona, I was a realtor, I had two people show up out of the blue within a half an hour of each other 
one tenant came in and proceeded to tell me how he used to beat his wife and how he used to do cocaine and he found Jesus and now it changed his life. Didn't He didn't know nothing about my life. He had came in. The next one uh, came in was an Asian woman that I was showing houses to. I was a realtor. And she knew nothing about my personal life. She came in with a Bible for me out of the blue. <laughs> now, I was thinking about God a lot at that time. But honestly, I wanted to do other things that I didn't think God would like. And so I was still in that place. And so I, so, but what I'm, what I'm gonna, what I'm gonna say to you is that when I talk to people, see, God told those people to come talk to me. The right. same day, only time in my entire life. So when I'm talking to people, or when you're talking to people, or when somebody who's watching is talking to somebody, or you feel like talking to somebody, I, can, I really believe a lot of times God, it's the same kind of thing. God's chased them. God's been talking to them through other people, through circumstances and things like that. And now he's put you there. Um, and, you know, if, if you don't do it, he'll find somebody else. You know, and, and but it, it's a great opportunity to do it. Now, don't use that as an excuse, though. Don't say, well, if I don't do it, he'll find somebody else. That's not good. I didn't mean it that way, so... But, uh, uh, you know, you know how I look at it? You know, I, I didn't look at it a long time this way, but the Bible's real clear about building treasure in heaven. Jesus said, build treasure in heaven so it'll be waiting for you when you get there, is why he said. So it says it several times about building treasure in heaven. Now, not only does God allow us to build treasure in heaven, which is incredible, right? But virtually every day, he presents us opportunities to do it. Love somebody, pray for somebody, help somebody, encourage somebody, witness to somebody. Now, when he does those things, right, when he, when he gives me a silver platter with an opportunity, right, it's my choice. I can slap his hand away, slap the opportunity away, and say, look, Dad, I got enough treasure in heaven. I want that. Uh, or I can say, you know, hey, well, listen, what a cool thing. God's given me this. I could build more treasure in heaven today, you know. Uh, you know, I used to think that was selfish to think of it that way. And I don't, I don't go, that's not what I'm doing. And I've done it for years before I even thought of that. But God really pointed out that out to me. Uh, uh, not that well, I've written a few studies on it. And um, it, that's what he's doing. He's given us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to do that. And I think if you, I, I, when I realized it, I thought back in my life about all the opportunities I had rejected. You know, all the things that have been presented to me. I said, no, I already gave enough money. You know, I uh, know I'm too busy. I can't help them. I uh, know. You know what I mean? You know, but yeah. if we look at it this other way, because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So there's some kind of connection, right? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's great. Well, that's great, Mike. I want to thank you for, uh, for taking time and, um, we'll, uh, We'll get you back. We've got other things. We could talk about a lot of stuff. Mike, can, Mike is very interesting to have conversations with. We've had some, we've had some great conversations, he and I, um, over, over Scripture, and uh, those are always fun to dig into. And um, we'll do that again in, in the future. But I appreciate you uh, taking some time with us today and, and uh, encouraging people. Mike's books, like I say, we do have some at the church, and we'd be happy to give them to you. And, uh, and if you're not... Uh, if you're not here on the island, you can uh, you can certainly go uh, to Amazon and and uh, they're free on Amazon. Um, there's a Cover, free download. Covered right? ads face there, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and also his website too, God-Evidence-Truth.com. There it is. It's up there. Um, great spot. Um, I spent some time there the other day. And like I said, he also writes a lot of articles on FaithWriters.com. And uh, what was that article you just told me about about uh, atheist? Uh, a- uh, what was oh, the name well, of that a- article? Atheism requires faith in miracles. Right, yeah. Atheism so, requires uh, faith in miracles. That's a real, that's a very good article. Yeah. If you were to Google faith writers, dot, faith writers and Michael Edwards, uh, you can find my articles. Faith writers. I, I read a lot of stuff on the New Covenant. But I was also gonna, I was gonna say to you too, is that this gravity is, God's done a lot with this thing. It's in, it's in 1300 prisons, over 1300 prisons now. Over 20,000 copies in 1300 prisons. A lot of great stuff from prisoners. Uh, it's done really well there. And, you know, this it's changed the mind, the information here. Now, I say not specifically, the information in this book has changed the mind of a lot of atheists. And that's what it was originally written for, was for atheists. Uh, so I just encourage you, you know, you can, you, we sell these in our pumps. 
if you want to buy some to give out. You know, we I just sell them at my cost. And, you know, Steve has a bunch at the church you can just have there, too. So, um, you know, I just I encourage you to do something. It's not with this, but something, you know. Or, or just help people, love them, pray for them, encourage them, you know, like Steve does all the time. He's such a good example. Um, he's been such a great example for me, Steve. You've been so great, I mean, as far as what you do and how you live and how you encourage people and, and how you just stick to. And I like what you said a minute ago, too. You're doing – we can only do what's in our world, what's in our sphere. Um, you know, I, I can't stop the riots. I can't stop coronavirus. Um, but, you know, I can stop evil. I can overcome evil in my place in the world by doing good. Because it says, yeah. over, it says, don't let evil overcome good, but overcome uh, evil with good. Uh, you know, so that's Rome, I think it's Romans 12, 21 is that verse. Um, yeah. So we can do it right where we're at. You're so right. And don't let Satan, don't let Satan deceive you that what you're doing is too small or is not enough. Um, just do whatever it is, that little thing. Just, just do it, you know. Just do that one little thing. And do one little call somebody, encourage them, love them. Just do those things, you know, and, and keep on listening to Steve. you got a great, great teacher, man. He's great. I watch him <laughs> oh, you're actually myself. I, I do. I text him all the time and tell him how great his message was. <laughs> he, he, really, he really does. He's very encouraging. He texts me a lot and thanks me for the match, which I appreciate. So it's very cool. But, uh, but we really do appreciate you, and, and uh, we'll get you back on here soon because I have uh, – I have lots of things we could chat about. So, um, again, Mike's book, we have him at the church. You can get him, check his website out, read his articles, and uh, and just, like he said, do it. I, I always say do the next right thing. You know, if we could just get everybody doing the next right thing, <laughs> the, the enemy's done. You know, it's done. He's got nowhere to work. He's got no room left. So, uh, so that's what we keep uh, pressing into. Well, thanks, Mike. Um, we're going to we're gonna start chatting our way out here. Um, uh and you're welcome to stay with us if you want, but we're going to talk a little bit about what's coming up on the weekend. But if, you, if, you're, uh, if you're ready to go, I know you've got a storm and stuff going there, too. It's really up to you. We can, we can keep you in or out. Uh, yeah, I'll take so, you guys and just, uh, yeah, have me back on. I'd love to talk to you again about some other stuff. I, you know, I, I'd love to talk to you about some stuff. Yeah. Cool. Okay. We'll, get, we'll get a part right. two scheduled here. So thank you again, Mike. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. So it's always – and Mike's guys, always very encouraging. He, uh, he usually sends me like, hey, worship was great this weekend too. I get those too. Yeah. So uh, yeah. cool. Thanks, Mike. We love thank you, you Mike. God bless you. We'll see you. Bless you guys. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that was great. And uh, we do thank Mike for his time with us. So, you know, I just wanted to um, – as we kind of wrap up here in the next few minutes, let's see. I'd like to give you a heads up on the weekend. And uh, this weekend we're going to be in uh, Romans 8. And as I said, uh, I'm going to be talking about what it means to be more than a conqueror. And I kind of left the last message last week, you know, saying, you know, have you ever thought about what it means? And then, um, and then well, I'm still not going to tell you today. But I will tell you on the weekend. And uh, – it's fascinating, but there is something in Romans 8 that I'm going to talk about first in uh, next week. Uh, next weekend on the Christian calendar is Trinity Sunday, is what it's called. And um, Romans 8 has this powerful picture of the Trinity at work. Um, and I'll tie this in, but in Romans 8:26, it says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we looked at that verse last week. Um, we don't know how to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. And then Romans 8:34 says, um, uh, uh, Christ Jesus is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. And in Romans 8:28, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him. Uh, and so what we see is we've got the Spirit praying on earth with us. We've got Jesus in heaven praying for us, and we've got the Father working all things together for good. And so it's a powerful picture of the Trinity at work. And uh, I think it's great, you know, on Trinity Sunday that that we see that happen. And so. I'm going to bring that up before I start talking about what it means to be more than a conqueror, which I will talk about on Sunday. Uh, well, and Saturday night, too. If you can't wait till Sunday, you can watch it on Saturday night cool. and uh, see what we're doing. Um, we've also we've changed back to four services now on the weekend. So um, uh, we have the space, and, and uh, we've, we've done five weeks back in person. This will be week number six. And we're going to bring Children's Church back online. We, we're confident we can do that safely. Uh, we're going to be taking the kids' temperatures in the rooms. Uh, 
Um, they'll only be back there about 30 minutes. We're going to keep them with us during worship and then send them back. Uh, and so there's guidelines that, that we'll be doing with the kids to keep them safe. And so we're going to meet Saturday at 7, Saturday evening 7. At 6.30, if you want to come, we'll open the door at 6.30 and we'll have hot dogs if anybody wants to come. We have They're to pretty tasty hot dogs, too. Well, they're excellent hot dogs. We have to figure out food that you can have finger food sitting in a chair because we can't put the tables back in. That's going to be a while. So um, hot dogs. And then um, so we're not going to do the 5 o'clock Saturday service anymore. And then on uh, Sunday morning, we're going to not do the 7 a.m. We'll be back at 8, 9, 30, 11. And on your way in, uh, we'll have a breakfast sandwich for you or an Encrustable or a Pop-Tart. Get those on the way in because, you know, we kind of have to on the way out. But um, we'll have them ready for you. And uh, you can get a cup of coffee in the foyer. Someone will serve it to you so that you're not touching things. Um, you know, the, the whole thing is keeping these services as touchless as possible. So we can keep people as safe as possible and, and uh, enjoy that time together. So we're looking forward to it. And l- like I keep saying, you know, listen, when you're ready. when We're ready when you are. We're back. We've been back five weekends. Um, you know, we've we put new guidelines in again. We sort of altered them a little so that um, when, you, when you're in your seat, it's okay for you to take your mask down um, because you're socially distanced. That's why we can have coffee and food again. But, you know, you need to have a mask to come in, and anytime you're walking around, you need to have your mask on. Uh, you know, and if you're talking to somebody, you should have your mask on. And especially if you're singing, you need to have your mask on. But uh, uh, other than that, you can sit and, and uh, have your mask off. If you want, you can keep your mask on all the time, too. We're trying to, you know, make everybody – there's no wrong here. It's just right. where you feel safe. We bless it. You know, we, we get it. And uh, there's lots of different opinions on those things, and we, we're just trying to find that spot where we can honor them all. But um, uh, And we'll continue to you know, do an excellent, as excellent job we can with online things. And we know that some people are still more comfortable there, and that's great. But, but when you're ready, we are. So um, no, no rush. And, um, and so that's happening. So that's what's coming up this weekend. How about with you, Doug? What's happening uh, worship-wise? So uh, this Friday night... Uh, We've been working really hard on getting the arcade set up, so we've got a brand new setup in there. So the OMY Which team, is our youth room. It's our youth yeah. room, yes. It's a, and we spell it A-R-K-A-D-E. Yeah. So uh, right. it's just kind of a little play on words there. But, yeah, we're going to have the youth band come in. We're going to live stream it Friday at 7. Uh, we will live stream it to the church page, uh, so it will be sort of younger focused. But um, that will be good, and you know, like uh, – if you've been on social media over the last few months, you see a lot of uh, like acoustic-y worship sessions, and I really just wanted to like rock out with an electric guitar. So uh, uh, that'll be this Friday at seven. So I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, our weekend set, uh, I'm doing an old Matt Redmond tune. It's not that old, 2011. Uh, Here for you. That's a great call to worship song. Um, after that, Kimmy's going to do Worthy. Uh, and then we've got Micaiah Underwood singing with us this weekend. She's going to do the song Closer by Bethel, and we'll end with uh, the Vineyard song Cherry Blossoms. So uh, really looking forward to the set. It's going to be fun. I was working on the techie stuff earlier today. So uh, it's going to be good. good. Yeah, Looking forward to seeing as, as many people as we can see there safely. <laughs> yeah, safely. And, and, you know, people ask, we, we have not been overwhelmed with people. I, you know, I had some people initially say they were not coming because they thought there would be, you know, scores of people, and that's not what's been going on. It's no. uh, uh, the bus- busiest service we've had since we've came come back was uh, one service we had 100 people. But there's, it's, you know, in that big facility, nobody was Everybody yes. had lots of room, and everybody was social distanced. Plenty of space. So, um, and yeah, so it's yeah, definitely the, not it's, crowded. We don't need to do – like, I see some churches making people do reservations. That's not been the case for yeah. us. Now, it might no, have been no, because no. we had six services going on. Uh, <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, there's, but even then, they were the, – the earlier services have been small. So yeah. Saturday night, you know, there's plenty of room on Saturday nights. And, and Sunday at 8, there's plenty of room. And even at 9.30, that's been the busier one. There's still plenty of room. room. And 11 yeah. has lots of space. So, um, you know, the, the busiest one has been 9.30. All the other ones have plenty of room. So if you, you know, whenever you're ready, we're there. And uh, But we get it. It takes time. All the Zoom meetings are still happening. 
and uh, we'll keep pressing on with those. And um, I think that's uh, yeah, pretty much doing. it for me. That was a great talk we are, with Mike. We are doing it. Yeah, Outreach Saturday, uh, drive through Giveaway. And uh, that's new, so I did want to mention that. So we, we're not doing the Hello Vineyard meal kits. We're, we've got deals worked out with four of the local restaurants, and uh, we'll be giving gift certificates out to them on Saturday, along with fresh produce and um, uh, paper towel toilet paper. So that's coming up this Saturday. And so we're going to do those on Saturdays for a little while. We stopped the Wednesday one. Uh, and um, so that's happening. So Saturday from 9 to 11, you can get the word out on that. And I think that's it for me. Yeah, that was, uh, it was fun having Mike on. Glad we could get that done. We got... We talked yesterday briefly, getting his stuff worked out, so I'm glad we could do that. And uh, next week will be good. Looking forward to that. And uh, now for a brief word from our sponsors. The Hello Vineyard podcast is sponsored by Keys Vineyard Community Church. You can check them out at keysvineyard.com. We think they're great people there. They're some of our favorites. Uh, Also, (laughs) this podcast is sponsored by the Jesus Moment Bible Institute. If you'd like to get an associate's or a bachelor's degree absolutely for free, you can go to onlinebibleinstitute.org. It's a great college program from us. Uh, You can dive in and not have to worry about drowning in student loan debt. It's it's a wonderful thing. That's right. And we get to help people all over the world. I love that. That's that's one of those, over 1,100 students now, and a lot of them are are foreign students. And uh, we're just, I'm really excited about that opportunity to encourage those people. And and, uh, uh, so many of them pop right into ministry, and it's a very cool thing. So we're happy about that. And some people might ask, there's no Gibson in the picture. What happened to the cat? And... uh, the the thing is that there was a big storm today with lots of lightning, and the cat went under the bed and has refused to come out. So uh, she, will, she will find her way out sometime in the middle of the night, I'm sure, and end up back in her post in here. But, uh, but uh, that's what's going on with that. And okay, I think... Uh, I think we're good. Think Thank we're you guys good. so much for watching. Thank you for tuning in to the Hello Vineyard podcast. Thanks for being a part. Uh, if you're on Facebook, like the church page, YouTube, subscribe. I feel like a real YouTuber now. I always wanted to say stuff like that. Smash the like button is the new thing. I'm a big YouTube watcher. So uh, <laughs> anyway, do, do the thing. Yeah, you smash it. So uh, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you soon. You'll catch me on Friday. Bye. Yeah, goodbye, Vineyard.